my jimmy fallon remember that skit <laughs> no i do my my jimmy fallon is laughing at my own jokes <laughs> so welcome to the first podcast relevant podcast of 2009 and we are back from our hiatus i'll introduce the people i hope now. you enjoyed the uh the summer replacement shows <laughs> <laughs> i'm cameron strang and here with me is my wife and our operations manager maya strang hello and on the Skype from the future world of New Zealand, we have none other than Adam Smith. Greetings, everyone. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. If you'll notice, I stopped there. There's no fourth person that I'm introducing because our British invasion of one, Lloyd Kinsley, is still in Britain. Yes. And he is not going to be part of the podcast moving forward. But I think we said that on the last episode, but I just want to confirm yeah. that that is actually still the case. <laughs> And um, it's sad. it is it's sad. sad. We miss him dearly. Um, yeah. If let's let's look back. Let's take the way back machine all the way to the the previous episode. And uh, it was about three months ago. And I think there were two things that I said to you, other than announcing the Lloyd leaving thing. Mm-hmm. The one of them was the podcast will be back in about six weeks, four weeks to six weeks. And right. uh, it's now been three months, so we're right on <laughs> schedule. The second one is that the podcast will change format when we come back. Or I would say this, we got a little bit of cold feet. Um, we have evolved the format slightly, but we have not thrown the baby out the bathwater. Yeah, originally we were going to retool it to be an action comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that, MacGyver? The, that, what's his face? Yeah, the, you're, you're, Callahan MacGyver. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The network thought it was too edgy. <laughs> So what we're going to do is a little bit different than what you've had in the past, but there will be enough familiar to uh, keep it appealing to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is what we always strive for. <laughs> we strive for mediocrity, and we will achieve it one day. We aspire upward to mediocrity. <laughs> so, so let me give you a little preview, a little audio table of contents about what's, what's to come today on our very special comeback edition of the Relevant Podcast. First of all, we're going to have slices here in the first segment. That's new. Normally, that was in the second segment. Mm. Then we will have some other members of our team producing segments, and this will be every week. We will, uh, the three of us, will kind of have the first time together, and we'll come back at the end with feedback and and kind of recap stuff. We'll maybe do some games and quizzes, stuff like that, each week. But every podcast is going to have some of our the newer members of, of the team doing special things and today's juggling yes yes uh yeah now (laughs) now they they haven't heard about us hiring ira glass have they Hmm. they haven't and thanks for telling everybody that was going to be the big secret (laughs) sorry sorry we we uh we have a few new members of the team um one is dylan peterson who you met in the last edition he did the interview with yoni wolf from why and we got great feedback about that and so we said hey we should give this guy a shot why not? We like him. We like the cut of his jib. Let's bring him down. <laughs> so Dylan's down now, and he's actually producing this podcast and will contribute a lot of segments. He will bring you music spotlights. He will bring you band interviews. He'll bring you some performances. Not, he's not going to perform, but... Yeah. Um. You know, we, we looked at that interview, and we said, it's time we call this kid up to the bigs. Hmm. Yeah. It's time he sit at the big boy table. Forget, forget that producing for NPR's music show in Chicago. He should exactly. come down come and produce ours. Time. Exactly. Come <laughs> on down and work for the relevant podcast. <laughs> it's your dream come true. So he's uh, so today in today's episode, he actually is doing the first uh, kind of audio music review spotlight recommendation thing, and he's and he's tackling Animal Collective's new project. Is that kind of like bringing the magazine to life? Except this is going to be audio only. It's not in the print magazine. Oh, okay. So, so it's a new album coming out, and he kind of takes you on a tour of it and gives you uh, some some perspective. It's really cool. 
We also have an interview with Shane Claiborne coming up. I have heard of him. Very cool. Yeah, and Shane um, Shane is interviewed by Roxy or Roxanne Wyman, our editorial director. You may call her Roxy <laughs> if she allows you. <laughs> and uh, she talks to Shane Claiborne, but you know, and normally that's where we would stop. That's a great episode, but no, 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 no. This is the comeback episode, so we're double dipping. And we are also bringing you a live in-studio performance and interview with House of Heroes. Wow. So uh, Chad uh, Pendleton talked to House of Heroes. Some of you remember Chad. He's made a few appearances here and there. He's uh, also producing for the podcast now. And he brings us House of Heroes. So coming up today, we got Slices. We have entertainment releases. We have Shane Claiborne. We have House of Heroes. We have Animal Collective. And then we're wrapping it up with your feedback. You know, Cameron, it sounds to me like we've got a lot in the hopper today. <laughs> the hopper is overflowing, my friend. So we got to keep things moving. And uh, let's go ahead and move forward with slices. So, Adam, do you have, have you, I know we're out of practice. Do you have any slices for us? I do, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully the podcast, you'll, you'll hear this in time. But this Saturday, if you're in New York, it marks the eighth annual No Pants Subway Ride. Oh. No! Uh, no! <laughs> really? Now, this is part of, it's kind of a part prank, part social experiment. Part where, get a uh, disease. <laughs> partial nudity. Uh, where people gather and ride on tr- public transit with no pants. Now, they, they, uh, they have advised people, please wear decent under things. Oh, because okay. they're not trying to shock or offend. Well, they are trying to shock, but not to offend. Okay. But basically, they just go to the subway, dress normally, except no pants, and try to kind of convince people that uh, they just forgot their pants. Now, the little chink in the armor here is that this is the eighth annual No Pants <laughs> Subway. Wow. So one would think that by this time, maybe people are clued in. And it's in the news. You're reading about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of common knowledge. But, hey, if you're in New York this Saturday and your your pasty legs can handle the sub-zero temperatures... I say, it's cold. Then, uh, yeah, then give it a shot. You'd think they'd plan this in the summer. Right. Man, I've been sticky and smelly yeah, been, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> yeah, glad, I'm and, glad it's in the winter. And, and maybe that's just because it's a lot more common to see people in the summer on the subway with no pants anyway. So. That's true. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, so people wouldn't find it all that strange. All right, next, at, or, uh, Maya, you got one? I do too, and mine has actually has to do with not having pants on either. Oh my. I know. Oh, great. This Common is kind of... We're looking for segues. <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah. So, anyways, this one actually happened. I've never been skiing before. I've never been on a ski lift, but apparently a 48-year-old man was at a Vail resort, and he got onto a ski lift somehow fell off, got his boot stuck, and his pants came down up to his up to his ankles. So he's hanging upside down on the ski lift for seven minutes while they f- realize he's upside down. He, they send they like stop it, they bring it back and he's he's rescued. But there's photos all over the internet. The one that was on the oh, internet was man. way too close. It's horrible. I've Maya, never let me let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you and I both have Google Alerts set for pants? <laughs> <laughs> because I read this story too. <laughs> it was in my daily pants Google Alert. <laughs> uh, right. I found it quite embarrassing. Yeah. It made I, me think I of embarrassing do, moments. I actually do have Google Alerts set for <laughs> pants, monkey, and dwarf. <laughs> and I'm waiting for the glorious day when those three coincide in one story. <laughs> Wow. Uh, All right. Um, you know what? On that note, we got so much coming up. Let's go ahead and wrap slices at two. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a pants slice. so uh, yeah. This this concludes your pants news for the day. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So entertainment releases coming up. We got CDs coming out next Tuesday. Uh, Merryweather Post Pavilion by Animal Collective. Ooh. City and Color with Sometimes and the Notorious soundtrack, which will either be an epic, incredible movie, one for the generations, or it will be terrible. That's right. I'm not sure what it is. It's the biopic of the notorious B.I.G. Oh, out, we know. Out theaters. Yeah, I don't think we're getting that here. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't yet got his debut album over in <laughs> New Zealand. Um, uh, movie releases coming out on Friday the 16th. We've got Hotel for Dogs with Don Cheadle, Lisa Kudrow. 
Aww. My Bloody Valentine 3D. That just looks dumb. Paul Blart Mall Cop by Kevin James. Awesome. I'm actually really looking forward to that. <laughs> and the aforementioned Notorious. Notorious. Derek Lynch well, and Angela Bassett. Well, wait, My Bloody Valentine 3D? 3D, 3D. my friend. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's yeah. a date right there. There's Seriously. actually a number of 3D movies coming out. That's apparently... I read I read this like in the yeah. last six months where uh, studios are saying, oh no, with 1080p, everybody's having huge screens in their home, on-demand downloads, you know, Netflix streaming over Xbox 360s. Nobody's ever going to find or need to go to a theater anymore. And, and the next entertainment industry to crash like the music industry did will be the movie industry. Mm-hmm. So the things that they are proactively trying to do is create an experience in the theaters that you cannot replicate at home. So they gave us glasses Honestly, that came out in the 80s so or something? So this year in 09, <laughs> in 09, you will see probably two dozen movies come out that are 3D. Well, there's wow. something that's going to happen. Like You can get your glasses at certain places, and during the Super Bowl, they're going to show some cartoon and you put your glasses on during the actual commercial yeah. watch it that way and then on a your very 1080p special, <laughs> that's a very special episode of Chuck following the Super Bowl will be in 3D that's right yeah oh wow get your now, glasses when, when you say my bloody valentine are you talking about the band like is this a concert movie <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's one of those terrible you know for some reason the months of January and February are full of those horrible teen horror flicks Oh, okay, okay. And so, it's man, I was so excited for that. <laughs> there, then I thought, wait a second, how interesting would a shoegazing band be in 3D? <laughs> like they're just gonna stand there. Those shoes would be like flying off the screen at you <laughs> as they stare down at them. <laughs> Look at them gaze. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for slices and your entertainment releases. Up next, Shane Claiborne. Come on now. What's his name? You are listening to the song Notorious B.I.G. by the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> May he R.I.P. in the S.K.Y. with G.O.D. <laughs> um, I literally just kicked my dog in the head. I'm so sorry, dog. She's under my feet. I kicked her. I got so excited with my my letters that I, I my foot kicked out. She, sorry. Um, I just thought, you know, normally I'd be, we'd be playing to you or playing the music playing over at relevant.tv, but I thought it'd be very apropos given the previous conversation to play a little Notorious B.I.G., so that's what we're doing. Shane Claiborne recently released a book with Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove called Becoming the Answer to Our Prayers, subtitle, Prayer for Ordinary Radicals. The word subtitle isn't actually in the title. Um, Recently, I mentioned Roxanne Wyman, our editorial director, talked to Shane about the book. And here is part of that interview. We're in a recession, officially, now. The government's bailed out our banks. You said it. That's right. Official. It's official. You heard it here first. (laughs) Um, You know, the government bailed out our banks. They're poised to bail out the car industry. What's your take on it all? What do you think? I was on the airplane the other day, and this guy got kind of, he he got a little hellfire on me, and he's like, oh, this is the apocalypse. You know, this is the end times. And (laughs) and, uh, uh, I think he was on to something, though, that that, that folks are are asking a lot of really good questions right now. He may have read, you know, too many Ken Lay books, but I I think that, 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 like, the apocalypse means uh, the, it comes from the same root as revelation. It means to reveal or to unveil, you know, ripping away of the veil and so that you can see what lies underneath uh, everything. Um, and uh, in that sense, I think these are very revealing times where folks are asking questions, you know, like, does God's dream look like Wall Street? Uh, you know, uh, if, if everyone lived into the American dream, we'd need four more planets, you know. Uh, and, and so can, can the world really afford the patterns that we're living in? And, and the great thing is that Scripture says we're not to conform to those patterns, you know, but to, to be transformed, to have a renewing of our mind, and to live in ways that... Um, 
confound those patterns. So uh, I think it's an exciting time right now for the church to shine. Uh, and, and, and like Jonathan said, you know, the church is, is uh, actually shined pretty well in, in very difficult situations. And in fact, in, in a lot of places, if you want to find a church that's alive, you know, uh, look in places where, where the, the world is, is uh, suffering and struggling. Um, uh, and we, we, Jonathan and I and a group of other communicators were together uh, last week, and one of the things that was said at that gathering is, uh, if you read the, the uh, book of Revelation, and it talks it talks in, in ways that are so relevant, talk about relevant, you know, read about the fall of Babylon, you know, and, and it says, you know, oh, here's Babylon, she's fallen, and the merchants stand back and they weep. Uh, and they were, and they said, oh, fallen, fallen is, 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 is this great Babylon. And, and then the, there's another response, though, which is that the, the angels rejoice. And, and uh, the, the big question, I think, is, you know, will we be weeping with the merchants or rejoicing with the angels? And, uh, and, and God is good. And, and, and I think in, in a lot of ways, many of the things that we're seeing are, are it, it's not, uh, it's consequential. I don't think it's like, this is God looking down and, and you know, smiting, uh, you know, like just shooting lightning bolts or something. But I think it is, is, li- is that we are living in the patterns that are uh, unsustainable and destructive and, and, and hurtful for our neighbors. And uh, inevitably, like that is bound to collapse when, you know, uh, CEOs are making 500 times their workers when the U.S. is consuming half the world's resources with less than, you know, 6% of the world's population, uh, the, 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 those should cause us to ask, um, what does uh, God's dream look like uh, in, in light of what we're seeing? Uh, and the, the great thing is that when we look at Scripture, we catch all kinds of glimpses of different ways that we should be living, you know, like Jubilee, good heavens, there's a great idea, you know, <laughs> that we should systemically dismantle debt and, and let the land rest and, re- and redistribute property, that, that we should dismantle inequality um, periodically over and over, and, and if there's anything that Wall Street can teach us, it's that if we don't school ourselves in Jubilee, like, it's going to school us, you know, like, we've got to learn uh, to, 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 to imagine the world as as God intended it. In the book, you you mentioned Jubilee, and you know when you gave away the the dollar bills on Wall Street and um, redistributed that way. I think working working hard and earning your way; those are sort of stamps of American pride. And um, when you talk about God's economy and sharing resources, I can just hear what a lot of people would say. They'd say. I have to work hard for everything I have, and why should somebody else get a free ride? What do you say to that? How do you respond when people have this ingrained American idea of fairness and what it means to earn your keep? So, so many things I think that we can see are, are just symptoms of a, a very sick society and not just of lazy people. Um, uh, Reverend uh, Johnny Ray Youngblood uh, this last week, he said, when we have language like the working poor, and that doesn't bother us, something's wrong. I mean, the fact that you got to work to be poor. Um, <laughs> there's a problem there. And so um, I think what there also is is that there's a sense that, like, the, uh, our society is, is drastically shifted, and if you come to our neighborhood, um, you, you see 700 abandoned factories. We've, we've lost 200,000 jobs, uh, and I think one of the opportunities of the time that we're living in is that people can identify with the working poor or with the uh, the unable to find work poor, you know, uh, and, and begin to go, boy, this, this is a big problem. Uh, and books like The End of Work and others short, sort of show that uh, in the post-industrial society, we, we haven't learned how to live uh, as a healthy uh, society now. Um, and and, and I, I remember in Philadelphia, they, they said, how is your, your city preparing for the welfare cuts? And they said, well, we're building five new prisons. Oh building gosh. five new prisons. Oh. Uh, and, and, and so when... Um, you know, two million people are in prison, and one in the statistics are, are around like one in eight African American men is in prison at some point in their life. 
that that's not just a, a sick population; that's a sick society. Uh, and if you, you study, you know, like uh, over fifty percent of those crimes have economic dimensions to them: the, the drug economy, or um, you know, stealing things, or, or uh, being involved in, in underground activity, or, or whatever uh, you know it is to try to, to um, uh, uh, figure out how to live. So, so I think uh, it, what what changed my perspective for me was when I moved into my neighborhood and I saw people that are incredibly hardworking, that shatter the stereotypes of poor people and are working through jobs or trying to figure out how to survive. Um, and, and certainly there, there are poor folks that are lazy, too, but I think there's also welfare queens that run companies, you know. <laughs> we, we also need to say, well, there's, there's plenty of other people that are living off government handouts, and people are seeing that now, you know, heads of companies that are in, uh, squandering money uh, and, and uh, using it on themselves while other people can't feed their families, and, and we need to, to be wary of that. Um, and, uh, and, and I would also say that, like, part of what is, is really uh, uh, unmistakable in Jesus' teaching is that God has a special place for the poor, even to the point that things may not look fair as we look out into the world, because the world has been unfair. And so when God brings some people in, uh, they're going to complain that they've been working for 10 hours and someone just came in and they've only worked one hour and they're all getting paid the same, you know? Uh, but, uh, but I think when we look at the patterns of the world, if we're at the top and we look out, then uh, this uh, this good news to the poor uh, looks different when it, when it's the sense that like uh, God is casting the mighty from their thrones and lifting up the lowly. Like we have a God that is taking care of the people who have been stepped on by the patterns of our world right now. The, the invitation, I think, is is the same for all of us, is that we are to be uh, near to the poor, that we are to live among the poor. As, in, as Jesus said, you will always be among the poor, the poor will always be with you. Um, and, and that command, I think, we've often used to um, write off any sort of uh, responsibility to care about poverty. That, oh, well, the poor will always be among you. We, we just need to care about winning souls. But I think what Jesus is doing is very clear, is actually the exact opposite of that, which is locating the church among the poor and saying, yeah, the, the, we're always, <laughs> certainly the world's going to always produce poor folks, Like, but the poor will find a home with you and in the church, and so uh, we almost have to wonder if we don't uh, have the poor uh, among us and in our homes, if we're not living near to them, uh, are we really uh, following after Jesus? Because when Jesus said that, there was a woman pouring perfume on his feet that was deeply wounded by the world, and he's doing that in the home of Simon the leper in one of the Gospels, and so the poor are all around him, and I think that that is the mark of the Christian, too, is that we, we are to be near the suffering and near the hurting and the world uh, as we wrestle with these questions. And we may resolve them in a different way. Some people, you know, that are tax collectors, they, they may leave their jobs. Others may sell, you know, half of everything and pay people back four times the debts that were owed them or whatever. But, like, some people may come into our neighborhoods and start businesses. Others may, you know, leave their businesses to, to serve. But I, I think that, that we have to wrestle with that idea of, like, how are we loving our neighbor as ourself? And if we see our neighbor in need, which we're going to see all around us over the next decade, like, if we see our neighbor in need and we don't um, have compassion on them, then how can we say that the love of God is... Um, just, I just want to make it practical for a sec. Um, so... You know, we have the poor all around us. We have lots of opportunities to connect with them. But I think so many people have that fear of that first connection and taking that first step. It's intimidating. And what will someone think of me? And I don't want to be that person who's coming in and trying to save the day or whatever. Um, what would you say to them? How, how should we take that first step? And simply, I... Uh, Jonathan and I's story is, is that we, we both uh, had to leave some of where we came from in order to to um, uh, grow closer to people who are suffering. Uh, and uh, that, that's not necessarily true of everyone. I think for some people it means 
re- remaining in the neighborhoods that they came from if they, you know, came from tough neighborhoods or returning to them after they've gone to college and, you know, come back to their neighborhood to be a lawyer or a teacher. And those are incredibly heroic callings and vocations. Uh, but, but for us, uh, Jonathan and I suffered from uh, the, many of the patterns of our culture that separate us from the other or from, from the, the, the poor or the, the marginalized or people who look different from us. Um, and that's where I, I think Jesus is saying to the church, go into the world. Like this is, Jesus is not saying to the poor, come find the church, but he's saying to us, get out, you know, go, go into the world, go, go into the prisons, find me where I'm in prison, find me where I'm uh, hungry. And, and, and so, so in that, there, there is a call to community, too, I think, where, where we do that together. We're, we're not just lone rangers, but we, we go on this journey together to, to uh, move closer to the suffering um, in, in our world. And uh, one of Jesus' great stories is the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, where the rich man has created this gated life, you know, this gated neighborhood, <laughs> gated the poor out. And locked himself uh, in, and I think what he finds is actually that he he is not only locked the poor out of his life, but he's like locked himself into a life that's uh, incredibly uh, narcissistic and lonely, and robs him of love and community, and is also not just a separation between himself and Lazarus, but it becomes a separation between. Uh, himself and God, and he's certainly a religious man. He knows the prophets. He calls out Father Abraham, and yet uh, God says, you know, this this person suffered just outside your gate, uh, and you received everything in this world that you needed. And and uh, of course, the story ends with the the, the um, flipping of, of everything to where the, the rich man is is begging the beggar for a drop of water. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a hard parable, but. I think that the rich man ended up there not just because um, he was rich, but because he didn't care and he didn't love and he didn't connect with his neighbor. And that, that's uh, the invitation that we all have. But it means that we got to bust through the gates, you know, and the picket fences and the walls that we build between nations. And we've got to find the alien, the immigrant, the stranger, the hurting, the homeless, and um, learn their names. Uh, and incidentally, that Lazarus is the only person named in the parables of Jesus. And it, it means the one God rescued or the one God hurt. And, and, and so we, we have to be the folks that hear those cries and humanize those people who have, have j- just been locked outside. The beautiful thing, too, is that th- this, is, uh, this call is something that brings us to life. And, and it, it doesn't, it, it's not uh, just bringing life to the poor, but it's bringing life to those of us that have locked ourselves into this dream or this phantom of. Uh, independence and of not needing others. And, and so the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 58, when we spend ourselves on behalf of the poor, our healing comes and our light begins to shine. Uh, that this, this is what we're made for. We're made to live for, for something bigger than ourselves. We're made to give ourselves for others. And so when people do that, whether they're the doctors here in Philly that run a clinic around the corner or, you know, the landscapers that are coming and creating green space in poor neighborhoods, like, like there, there are people that are using their gifts uh, in, in ways that are, are building the kingdom and that are embodying good news to the poor. Uh, and so I, those calls, uh, they call the community, you know, for people in sub- the suburbs that are going, hey, we're going to carpool, you know, <laughs> like crazy idea. We're, we're going to have one family on our cul-de-sac that has the washer and dryer that we all use or the lawnmower that we all use. Not only are those sensible ways of living, but they're also things that, that, that create community and, and, and interdependence and, and, and the, the sort of life of, 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 uh, that, that, that we're kind of made for together and, and break the patterns of uh, uh, unsustainability and also uh, that land us in a place where we're the wealthiest country in the world and also one of the most lonely, medicated, and depressed people in the world, you know. <laughs> There's purpose and plan A lot of things I don't know
You're listening to the one and only Flynn Adam with his debut single off his upcoming solo, or I guess his recently released solo EP. The song is Such a Time. Uh, all of you podcasters know Flynn. He's part of the relevant team here for a number of years, obviously from LA Symphony. Uh, he left last year to go back to LA to finish his solo album. But a uh, little behind-the-scenes info, a lot of what you just heard uh, for such a time was recorded right here in our studio after hours. So. Yeah, amazingly enough, I was there for it. Were you really? Were you? I was. Cool. I was I was there when he, uh, actually, when he wrote the lyrics for, for such a time. There you go. The The video was filmed um, out in L.A., and it's it's playing right now over at Relevant.tv, so be sure to check that out. Very excited to bring this next segment. Uh, I'm a fan of House of Heroes. A lot of us are. Uh, they have a new album out called The End Is Not The End, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Christians. Is, 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 uh, is, if you know what I'm saying, part of the title? No, is that, like, the <laughs> that was me. If you know what I'm saying. That was me nudge, giving nudge. a wink and a nod to the Christians who were listening. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Christians, the end is not the end, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's available right now on iTunes. Dog. <laughs> if you want more uh, info or check out House of Heroes, if you like what you hear, uh, you can go to their MySpace page, which is www.myspace.com slash House of Heroes. So without any further ado, here is House of Heroes. I could be in love if you wore that dress every day. With your hair just so and your eyes of gray You make a beautiful bird on a line A beautiful bride of Frankenstein A beautiful drop of iodine If you're mine, if you're mine, if you're mine I could be in love If the sun came out every day And set the sky on fire in the city gray I'd be there at the drop of a dime If you're mine, if you're mine, if you're mine If you were mine, I'd tear the altar down Of all that I lost to romance If you were mine, I'd risk my dignity If only to give love a chance If you were mine, I'd have the world I'd have the world If you were mine I could be in love if the sirens sang every day You draw me closer to destiny Give us this moment to shine Oh, me and my bride of Frankenstein A beautiful bird on the line If you're mine, if you're mine, if you're mine Would you be mine? Could you be mine? If you were mine, I'd tear the altar down of all that I lost to romance. If you were mine, I'd risk my dignity, if only to give love a chance. If you were mine, I'd have the world, I'd have the world. If you were mine, if you were mine, I'd have the world, I'd have the world, oh. If you were mine If you were mine Down of all that I'd lost to romance. If you were mine, I risk my dignity. If only to give love a chance. If you were mine, I'd have the world. I'd have the world. If you were mine, if you were mine, I'd have the world. I'd have the world. If you were mine. 
video for In the Valley of the Dying Sun. Kind of has like a Revolutionary War type feel to it. Can you speak to like shooting that, uh, what that experience was like? Had you done anything like that before? I mean, We did a video... Uh, with a buddy of ours in Maine for for the last record, but this was um, this was a little more involved. Uh, the the people at Endeavor Media Group are coolest dudes in the world. They just wanted to make it the best they possibly could, and even when they came to us with the idea, we were kind of like, this could turn out real bad, you know. But I think they really worked extra extra hard, and um, I think it turned out really awesome. And and the nice thing about it, even though that song's not necessarily about war. Uh, it kind of like fits with the album, and uh, and the story fits the song, and and so it's kind of like a great way to kind of introduce the album in a video form. What would you say you tried to convey with your song? Sometimes I'm sure it's different song to song, but in the writing process, what does that play? What kind of role does that play? It is definitely different song to song. I don't think we ever try to force anything out of a song if it's not there, but I think what happened on this record is that a lot of the songs are kind of set in times or set in settings where the characters are forced with kind of really um, unsurmountable odds or they're faced with things that none of us could really know what it would be like until we had to go through such things. And I think that kind of what I wanted to do was try to find hope in those in those places uh, for the characters in the songs and stuff, and so I think that on this record, that was kind of a something that hopefully uh, comes up in the record that people notice is that is um, an attempt at a, a lot of hope uh, in situations that seem, you know, pretty dire. Ooh, little red, with your heart installing. Oh, it just kills me how they hate you But they just don't understand Oh, oh, oh If they put me on the stand Then I will testify I loved you And I'm not afraid to be your comrade Although we differ on religion, we both support the working man. Oh, red, if the bombs fall on our lands, then our politics won't matter. Only that I loved you unto death.
You've been listening to House of Heroes. Their new album is out now on iTunes. You can check it out. It's called The End Is Not The End. Or check them out on myspace.com slash House of Heroes. been listening to the rocket summer the song is do you feel and uh i gotta tell you something uh it's playing right now over at relevant.tv uh each week we have a selection meeting of videos for relevant tv and they come from a variety of sources labels directors um and Teresa, who's my my assistant uh is passionate about music and she brings a number of videos to the table as well Mm mm-hmm and she was really pushing for this one in the last election meeting. Really pushing. Now, we like the Rocket Summer. I mean, we've covered it in the magazine and stuff. But the reason why is all the cute band boys who make cameos throughout the video. She might kill, kill you. And, uh, so you if might you, be dead. If you watch the video, if I do not appear next week, Teresa had her way <laughs> and I am, I've been knocked off. But uh, if, you, if you look, um, apparently, see, I wouldn't have caught this. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving some background, some, some insight to the listeners. I would not have caught this. So... These one-person cameos that happen throughout the video, and they're holding a sign, and it says stuff. Oh, it's their hand, right? Yeah. Um, these thing. are these are famous. These are these are famous singers mm-hmm. from bands that Teresa likes. Cool. <laughs> so see if you can play along and name all those indie pop bands. Interesting. I I'll give you a hint. Reliant K's Matt Thiessen makes an appearance. So. And what's the actual band? The Rocket Summer. Okay. The song is Do You Feel? Playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Go check it out. All righty. Okay. So I mentioned to you that one of the new types of segments we're going to be bringing you is uh, the music spotlights. We're going to be doing a couple of these a month when a notable new album comes out that we're really excited about. Dylan Peterson um, is our music editor and music guru here uh, on the team. And this week, he wanted to spotlight Animal Collective's new project. So here it is. So if we remember, you know, back in college, there were those basement parties that we would go to where there's about 25 kids or something, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And, you know, maybe sometimes your friends would play a show in the basement. Sometimes it was this, you know, just lousy hardcore stuff. But sometimes, you know, it was this weird, weird experimental electronic music and you could never really categorize it, and you didn't really like it. It was it was not very good, but it was interesting. You know, one of those bands was probably Animal Collective somewhere in there around that time. College friends grew up in Maryland around Baltimore area, and, you know, they all had a passion for experimental music. But, you know, Animal Collective has come a long way. With Meriwether Post Pavilion, they've taken it up a notch. And even though they're still weird, and they still do, you know, very different stuff, very experimental music... They're a little more accessible than they've ever been with this album. In 2007, they released an album called Strawberry Jam, which featured, you know, still some very long, you know, difficult songs to sit through, but songs that, you know, you'd find they'd get stuck in your head, something that was new to Animal Collective. With this album, they they continue that tradition of uh, catchy music. You know, some of these songs, they're still very strange and there's weird sounds, but these songs will get stuck in your head and these weird little melodies and these weird harmonies will stay with you for the rest of your day after you hear this stuff. It's an album that is, it's noisy and trippy, but you know, somehow you can follow along with it and maybe even enjoy it. 
Here's a track from Meriwether Post Pavilion. This is called My Girls, and it's on the Relevant Podcast. You can hear there some very strange harmonies, yet there's something appealing about it. You know, there's some weird shouting, some weird noises. You're not sure where they're coming from, but you don't, you can't really hate it. Well, maybe you can, but I don't hate it. I think it's a really great record. I think what they're doing here is they're practicing some self-control. I think they're maturing a little bit as artists. It's their ninth studio album. These uh, Baltimore guys have been making music for quite a while, and this is probably their best album yet. You know, you might be listening and you think to yourself, this is ridiculous music and (laughs) I can't stand it. And that's fine. Uh, This music definitely isn't for everyone. It's uh, it's weird stuff. And I think that's what Animal Collective is going for, actually. They don't want to sound like everything else. They want to kind of be refreshing. I'm Dylan Peterson, and we've been listening to Meriwether Post Pavilion by Animal Collective. to eat liz the song is hey um is it because liz is famished she's skinny and they're saying please like eat a sandwich liz i think so or is it or are they like are they endorsing cannibalism (laughs) either way something about is disturbing the song is hey and what they're doing is they're yelling hey trying to get liz's attention so she'll eat that sandwich. <laughs> or try to get a, a tribe of hungry cannibals' attention so that they'll eat her. <laughs> like, hey, like, hey eat, eat Liz. Liz, leave us alone, and hopefully exactly. while they're eating her, they it, can escape. Exactly. If you we, have to eat someone, eat Liz. We have such wise insight into things, guys. Well, this is why people listen to podcasts. It's for the <laughs> intellectual discourse and, and discussion of pressing cultural and spiritual issues. Okay. Exactly. So. It's like a VH1 behind the music. 
So that video, like being pantsless, and a documentary, like pantsless and and the um, the documentary about cannibalism and its role in our society is playing right now <laughs> over at Relevant.tv. Just go check it out. Uh, okay, so this is our last segment of the day, and uh, so what we'll do is this is you know long time listeners know this is the feedback segment. Unfortunately, the the feedback is primarily three months old, so it's a little past its expiration date. I don't even know what we asked. I don't think we Probably did. Probably nothing, right, because we knew we were going to no. take a short hiatus. Right. But we do have a lot of relevant feedback, and we can peruse some of those. All right. But I thought it'd be fun to also give an update on what's been going on for the last three months. A little, uh, little recap, if you will. All right. Now, people who watch the weekly Relevant TV video slice of the week know what's going on in my life, because... It's me talking for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, by the way, speaking of those video slices, that Christmas uh, choreographed dance <laughs> you guys did, oh my goodness. Was it nice? Unbelievable, yeah. guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> Chad, well done. Chad nailed that one. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you go to YouTube and just type in Relevant Christmas, you'll, you'll find it. Um, I was actually jealous I wasn't there for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right up your alley there. Did Adam. you, Adam, did you, uh, we haven't talked about this at all. Did you notice Wesley? Uh, if you watch it again, watch it again. There's this moment halfway through where they form kind of a soul train line and they go down the hands on their knees and they're like leaning forward and the soul train line is like smiling and bopping or whatever. Just uh-huh. keep your eyes on Wesley the whole time. Wesley okay. uh, is the guy who's next to the stage. He's at the end of the line. Oh, my goodness. He, I laugh out loud yeah, every time I see him. That was all him. That was not me choreographing him. Yeah. That was, that oh, was good. It, it, was, it was really brilliant. I'm going to have to watch it again. I actually watched it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, how festive. Yeah, it was delightful. Yeah, everyone took the choreography. If people they are wondering it. what Dylan looks like, he's in there. <laughs> I was a little nervous that Dylan wasn't going to do it, but he, he did. He definitely. I, I again behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> everybody, you know, there are a few people on staff who were really excited to do this because it was funny. It was a funny idea. There are a few people who were like, all right, you know, I'll play along. And there are a few people standing there going, "Why did I move here?" He'd only been there like three weeks. <laughs> It was like a second week. A, a few us. people, a few people saying, "Why did I move here from Chicago?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dylan, uh, Dylan, and Josh both were like, "Oh my gosh!" But because they're new, they don't want to be the the one to demand. Right, like, I too. will not do it. So they did it. And I'll tell you, both of them, epic. It was incredible. Both yeah. of you guys, it was hilarious. We so. actually had to do it one more time, which is the one that we actually ran because you wanted. More uh, happy facial facial expressions out of the two tall guys. The two tall guys were <laughs> concentrating very seriously on the choreography, you know, to get it right. And so, like, their faces were very intense. And I'm like, guys, come on, have some fun. It was great. It yeah. was, right. yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so we go to YouTube, Relevant Christmas. You'll see what we're talking about. Um, okay, so do you have some feedback? Do you have some uh, updates that you want to share, Adam? Oh, let's see. Well, um, since we last spoke, not you and I, but, you know, the relevant audience, which really is kind of a one-way conversation, I guess. <laughs> but at any rate, I'm, I moved to Wellington, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. We just spot- a great city. We spotlit Wellington in, in the magazine when yeah. we did the... We uh, did indeed. Yeah. We did. And we called and, it Well, yeah. Well, Wellington, didn't we? Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fantastic town, just really tight-knit community. It's very artistic and kind of, uh, you know, bohemian. And, uh, Did you say autistic in Bohemian or <laughs> ar- ar- artistic? Artistic. Okay. artistic. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm involved in a really great church here. Uh, so stuff is going exceedingly well. That's wonderful. That is awesome. But can we say, can we? I mean, I can take this out if you say no. Can we say that you and I have discussed the fact that you will be rejoining the in house relevant team later this year? Yes, we can say that. Good. We can say that. I can this excitedly <laughs> say I can excitedly say that Adam is coming back after his Woo-hoo! grand adventure is uh, you know, uh, is done and he will be coming back and joining the in-house crew and couldn't be happier. So. When he moved to New Zealand to keep working for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I think I want to do and, what Adam's doing. And let's doing. be honest, probably <laughs> from here on out as long as you know, we uh, we all want to keep doing this thing. Yeah. Anywhere I go, I'll probably still be working for you guys. So. <laughs> a couple right. years, and I was like, yeah, I want to go to 
I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do go to the Germany. Adam Smith career path. I'm gonna go just move across the other side of the world and keep working for relevant, and then come back and when yeah. I feel like it, it's gonna be good. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Just go back and forth. Yeah. All right. Um, on our end, we have a number of things too that that have been fun, and we can announce we um, we have added a number of staff members. Um, we have check out the a re, slightly redesigned relevantmediagroup.com, and you can see all of our mustache photos. Uh, there's a lot of great people. Uh, we are in active development right now on a completely new overhaul to relevantmagazine.com. And I think we can say this isn't like podcast hiatus timeline type calendar that I'm talking here. It's actual <laughs> calendar that in, in about four weeks we will have a completely new site launched. Yes, we went on vacation over the holiday so Cameron could work in the hotel room yeah, <laughs> on it on the new site I did that's true that's true I knew that if I was in the office I, w- I would get distracted all day and couldn't get anything done and so we went away for a few days down to Miami and hold ourselves up in a hotel room and I got a lot done and uh, we're excited we have a, a, a whole team of devel- developers working on it it's going to have a lot more community stuff a lot more multimedia uh, on demand multimedia video original video and audio content a radio station um, a, lot, a ton of stuff a lot more than it is now it's not just a redesign it's actually a completely new direction for our online community so it's going to be a lot have of fun you, have you finally taken my suggestion to make the most prominent element on the front page the uh, peanut butter jelly time ban- banana <laughs> well right now I've been famous for years right now I have the animated gif of the shovel digging a hole with the ba- Bob's barricade and the flashing light saying yeah, under yeah, construction under construction <laughs> yeah Pardon our mess. <laughs> Pardon our mess. And then, I, yeah, when we launch, I, I wasn't going to give it away, Adam, but the new multimedia that I'm referring to is the animated GIF of peanut butter jelly time. Yeah. Okay, good. Because, I, I mean, I've been pushing for that for years. You have. And finally, we listened to you. You said, if you don't do this, I'm going to move to the other side of the world. And, and I said, I'll call your bluff. No, you won't. And then you <laughs> yeah. did. So I said, fine, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. Come back. So. What can I say, Cameron? I've got vision and the rest of the world wears bifocals. <laughs> You're the guy who started Pantsless Saturdays. Um, <laughs> okay. It's every Saturday for me. <laughs> you and Chad. Okay, so here we go with uh, a little bit of your feedback. Wait a second. What? I wanted to give an update. Give an update, Maya. I ran two 5Ks. Oh, wow. Yeah, in December and November. Nice. That was my done. New Year's resolution last year. and To run two? To run to one. run a total of ten, <laughs> yes. To run a ten k. So, I I would like to give an update. What's your update? The Orlando Magic are awesome this year. Woo-hoo! Yes, they are. So Thank far, you very so much. good. That's right. Okay, so now we've given you guys a little bit of uh, how we've been. Now let's hear how you've been and look at the feedback again. All right. Okay, I got one here from Nick Johnson, and he <laughs> writes: I have to admit that I've never read the first article written by Cameron. Okay. Thanks, Nick. (laughs) And moving on. Put a lot of thought and effort into that thing. Uh, Apparently, it's unnecessary. Apparently, I don't need to do that. Anyway, he says, uh, I've been a subscriber for over a year. I've never read what he's written. Okay, we get the point, Nick. Um, (laughs) Seriously, I've never even glanced at the page. He says, not because I don't like it. It's just because I just skip over it. He probably didn't know you were going to read it. (laughs) So once again, to reiterate... I've never even looked at that page. <laughs> doesn't interest me in the slightest. Um, and then he says, now, now after that, I have to say, I finally read it in the January issue, and I loved it. Aww. See, Nick? He says, all I have to say now is, good job, Cameron, and sorry for not giving you the first read every time. I don't know, uh, if, I, I don't know uh, if I can I, forgive you, Nick. I'm saying this not, not because you're my boss or anything, but honestly, I always really enjoy your column. Oh, you're a nice guy. Thanks. Yeah, my, you do swell. My, my, you don't read it. I do too. Do you really? Yeah. You yeah. won't let me read it until I can read it in the magazine, That's which true. I think is dumb. I don't like people reading incomplete But you let edi- the editors read it. Yeah. Well, read it? not always. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> we, sometimes we don't get to read it until it's <laughs> in print. It's because I, yeah. I want to talk about you all by name, and I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't want you to see what I say. Yeah, I believe that's called libel. <laughs> <laughs> we got one here from Mike Gagney from Milton, New Hampshire. He wrote in in response to the top 10 films of the year that we put up at relevantmagazine.com recently. All right. um, our editors put a lot of thought and effort into it. Here's his email in full. It says, 
It seems kind of unnecessary to recommend one of the most successful movies of all time, The Dark Knight. You might as well recommend The Bible or Air. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I'd actually go ahead and recommend both. (laughs) Adam Kasel uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio wrote in. He says, thanks for the great cover story on Pete Gregg and 24-7 Prayer. You are welcome. He says, when I first saw the issue, I thought it was Eddie Vedder uh, gracing the cover. <laughs> he said, I think Pete Gregg is a, school, a cooler story, though. Um, I, I've been a subscriber for every year. haven't been, been disappointed by an issue yet. So many great articles and stories. Keep up the good work. Now, you might notice that these are all really gushy, positive emails. It is because I am intentionally skipping the <laughs> negative emails because I do not want to get into an argument with an email on the podcast. I want to keep it positive and light. So. Uh, it is not that people don't criticize us. It's just like they do them and hit delete. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best way to deal with constructive criticism. I, I like this one. The subject line is um. It's from Jordan Cauley, and it says some of the slices in the magazine are awfully elitist for a group that runs Stephen Baldwin ads. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Oh man, uh, there's just no way to argue with that. I'm one. sorry. When a man's right, a man's right. You man's know, right, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Okay, well, I'll Good wrap it there. All right, well, I'll end there, uh, wrapping up the magazine feedback and 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 toss it to you all. That uh, so next week we can get back with you know kind of the family. You know, right. we can hear from you guys and hear your feedback about the podcast, and uh, and we can. Ignore those magazine readers. Uh, so we don't uh, like literacy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's our, it's our, it's again a way we strive for mediocrity. Um, we do all of that so we could do this, right. pretty much. So okay, so here is this week's question of the week. Editorial question of the week. All right, we want to know. We've told you what we've been up to for the last three months. Maya with her running ten k's, five k's. Well, ten, equal 10Ks. Ten, yeah, that's what I said. You, you ran 10Ks. Uh, Adam okay. with his loving life and uh, me with my working too much. <laughs> On vacation and the magic are good. That's and good. the magic being good. Um, we want to know what you've been up to for the last three months. Uh, any unusual stories? Did any of you, I don't know, get elected president? Uh, any? It, we would love to know what you're up to. So uh, write in to feedback at relevantmagazine.com and let us know. Um, now, keep it concise. Keep it interesting. Keep it popping. You know, stuff we could read on air and people would actually want to hear about. So write in to feedback <laughs> at relevantmagazine.com and let us know what you've been up to for the last three months. Well, on that note... I guess we can wrap up this comeback edition of the Relevant Podcast. All right. Went pretty good, hey? High fives? High fives? High fives all around. (laughs) Uh, Many thanks to House of Heroes for coming through and performing. Again, their new album is called The End Is Not The End, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Available on iTunes. Check them out at myspace.com slash houseofheroes. Many thanks to Shane Claiborne for talking to Roxy. Uh, he and Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove's new book, again, is Becoming the Answer to Our Prayers, Prayer for Ordinary Radicals. Uh, Animal Collective's new album, which Dylan spotlit for you, comes out on Tuesday nationwide. And uh, don't forget to uh, write in to feedback for the new relevant question of the week. I was going to say, don't forget to spade and neuter your animals. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, that, well, since Bob Barker doesn't do that anymore, Maya, maybe <laughs> that can be your thing. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, many thanks to Roxy and Chad and Dylan for their contributions to the podcast this week. You'll be hearing much more from them in the coming episodes. Uh, and with that, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Am Smith. We'll see you next week. Look at them gaze.